Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind and Healthy Life podcast that provides you with practical insights and expert advice to foster a lifetime of well-being. I am your host Avik and today we have a very special guest joining us. Please welcome Sheila Carroll, MD, a board certified pediatrician who is dedicated to helping children achieve their best health. So Dr. Carroll brings a unique approach to pediatric care by working exclusively with parents who are willing to focus on modifying their own behaviors to ultimately improve their child's health. So with over 20 years of clinical medicine experience, she has witnessed firsthand the impact of lifestyle induced problems on children's well-being. as the pediatrician and a certified life and weight coach dr carol equips parents with the knowledge tools and skills they need to improve their child's health effectively so she is not only uh, help parents understand what exactly uh, what actions to take but also guides them on how to implement these changes in their daily life so uh, her mission is to empower parents uh, to the parents they truly want to be ensuring that their children receive the support and guidance needed for optimal physical and mental well-being through her expertise she helps parents navigate the challenges of modifying behaviors creating healthier habits and building a nurturing environment for their children to thrive so it's a lot to uh, mention about her but uh, cut to short we are really honored to have dr sheila join us today to share her invaluable insights and practical strategies for parents who are committed to setting their kids up for a life of good physical and mental health so without further ado let's dive into the empowering conversation on healthy mind and healthy life welcome dr sakshila thank you so much thank you for having me it's my pleasure to be here great great so how how was your day today and how are you feeling here uh, on this episode 
My day is going great. I'm over here in the United States in Maine, which is, you know, kind of the northeast. Um, it's it's my day is going great. I worked. I went to the gym and here I am. <laughs> I got my little son off to school and, uh, and now I'm working. Great, great. So um, there are a lot of things I would like to, uh, uh, I mean, have in my mind and want to understand from you. Um, like, uh, so what are the some key lifestyle habits that parents can adopt to promote their child's physical health and uh, how they effectively implement these changes in their daily routine? I mean, in their fa- family's daily routine. Mm. So, this is a huge topic and there's, you know, but it is, it's so important for parents to understand all the different, all the different angles which you can come at this to improve your child's physical health and mental health. So, if we divided it into four big pillars of health, we would be looking at nutrition, as one pillar, sleep as one, um, um, movement or exercise. And then the last one is emotional regulation skills. Um, sometimes adults use the word like stress management, but for kids, it's really learning to understand their feelings, accept their feelings, and feel your feelings and you know that those four big broad topics are are areas that parents can focus on and get educated on themselves if they need help um and and once you once the parents learn the things that they need to know themselves apply it to their own life see the benefits that they're having from applying some of these strategies, then they can share them with their child by modeling the behaviors that that they really want their child to see. True, true. That that that's great. That's great. Uh, because uh, there there will be few uh, new parents also. Uh, who have just become a parent. So for them, I guess this will be uh, very much useful and uh, helpful also. So, uh, so this episode is basically for them and for others as well. So, uh, I guess this is a very good t- topic, I would say. <laughs> you are doing great for this. Well, we have parents, you know, of, yeah, of babies and then of toddlers and then of school age kids and then of teenagers and that it just keeps changing so the strategies and the approach you know you take with a three-year-old or a five-year-old is going to be different than the strategies that you might need to use with your 15 year old and 16 year old you know and first of all it's never too early to start uh, on really good health health behaviors and it's never too late to start so that our kids and so the reason why i work with parents instead of kids here in the u.s like the medical system we tend especially in pediatrics parents tend to bring their child to a to the doctor for example if you had a child struggling with extra weight one sometimes parents Um, because of the way the medical system recommends, they bring their child 
to the doctor and the doctor will talk to the child about um, changing their habits you know making more nutritious food choices sleeping more mo moving more so the problem is for a child who's eight or ten or fifteen you know they can listen to that but then there's a gap of how do they actually implement that advice in their life kids can't do that by themselves frankly us adults we struggle to do that by for ourselves right like yeah. so but this is why I, i chose to just work with parents because the the parents have the highly developed brain they are their prefrontal cortex like the thinking part of our brain the ceo of your brain is is completely functioning in grown-up adults after you're 25 years old. Before 25 or 26, kids struggle with um, this is what this is what you know growing up is all about. You your your brain is maturing. So kids do not have the capabilities of making these changes by themselves. So many kids out, uh, here in the United States I think the 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 last data from is pre-covid so it's data from like 2019 but that that's showing one in five adolescents struggling with extra weight and it's probably even higher than that number now so i guess what i'm trying to say is kids need their parents help Um, they can't make these lifestyle changes by themselves. Um, and so then it's, uh, you know, then depending on the age of your child and um, the personality of your child, that's why it's so wonderful to work with parents because healthy habits and health is not a one size fits all. What works for one person or one family might not be great for another family. And so parents need to, they need some personalized help as to what is going to work well for them as the parents and also for their child. Wow, that's, that's great. That's really great. And it, it's true. It's true also. So, so what happens is when uh, we often hear about the importance of uh, emotional intelligence in children, mm. Now, how can a parent uh, foster this emotional intelligence into their kids and also support their mental well-being, uh, maybe from the the early age? Like, how? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, my first thing that comes to my mind is as parents, we approach our our children understanding that they are going to thrive with our acceptance of them with our full acceptance of them and what that also means is acceptance of all of their emotions and by us accepting them when they're having lots of emotions good emotions bad emotions positive negative all of the emotions the children will learn to accept themselves and accept their emotions let me give you an example you know it's easy to do with like negative emotions 
For example, you know, if your child is angry, upset, um, frustrated, whatever, you know, something that's uh, hard, hard sometimes for parents to manage, you know, we we sometimes feel very uncomfortable and we want that feeling to go away. Number one, it's hard for a parent to see their child upset. And it's sometimes upsetting, triggering for the parent and gets them all upset too. So but the um, one, there's so much to this, but one very foundational building block is that all emotions, we can teach our kids that all emotions are acceptable you know, and, and that we can learn skills to handle all of our emotions. I'm not saying like all behaviors are acceptable, you know, you know, for example, if you have two kids and one is super frustrated and one hits the other child, that's not a behavior you want to have going on. So the, you have to separate the behavior from the emotion and help the child understand the frustration that they're feeling and also a better way to handle that frustration than whatever they chose to do previously. And and that's a lot of we need to learn that as adults. I know that I work I work on that all the time for myself even now. Um and that's, you know, that's part of the coaching framework I use is as as par- as a parent and as as just a human on the earth, I understand like that my thoughts are creating my feelings and from my feelings it drives what I do or don't do and that's creating my experience of my life and so that is such a powerful um, freeing and empowering understanding of a way to look at your life it gets you away from blaming other people or blaming a circumstance and it helps you really take control um and of course kids are too little their brains are too immature to have that we call it a meta skill you know thinking about your own thinking like for example i have a 11 year old son named theo and he he's kind of sometimes can kind of understand when he starts to think about his thinking but he's it's it's kind of an advanced skill for him um so i but i can help him and so i can help him understand what's actually going on when he feels so frustrated and i can tie it back okay well let's let's what thoughts are you having what's causing this frustration for you you know so that's i think and when it when we tie that into health you know for example um you know emotional eating is a huge reason why so many grown-ups are struggling with their weight as adults um and when you realize like why you're feeling what you're feeling and how to actually feel your feelings in tr- instead of trying to like buffer them or make them go away by eating food or you know using social media or over shopping over over anything um what once you can understand your feelings uh and where they're coming from it opens the door to 
creating habits on purpose that you want to have. So it's super powerful for health. Sorry, that was a lot. <laughs> that, that's actually explained uh, in detail. Uh, so, so with this, like, <clears throat> so that there's an emotional thing attached with the uh, mental health as well, and also to understand the child. Uh, but uh, the next thing which comes into my mind is nowadays we uh, we as a human being are more inclined towards um, the technology. So now, mm-hmm. uh, now, like I have seen a lot of parents uh, uh, allows their child uh, with the mobile phones or maybe the technology, uh, whatever it is. So, so technology and the screen time has um, so have become an integral part of children's life nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, how can uh, parents strike a balance between? allowing their children to engage with technology and also encouraging other activities that uh, promote physical and the mental health. Yes, this is a very challenging, I mean, this is what parents are dealing with. We are living in a very challenging world, uh, us parents out there. We we are living in a modern food environment that's very challenging to manage. And we are now living in this technology environment that it's very challenging to manage as well. So every child is different with how they respond to or how they man or how they feel when they're using technology. So I guess my first practical strategy would be for the parents pay attention especially if your child's a little bit older. Yeah. Pay attention to their mood. Like you know, how do they are they are they irritable? Are they sad? when they get off social media are they angry are they you know what's actually happening to them inside during the, they might not be able to understand the connection between their use of the screen or whatever they're choosing to do and how they're actually feeling so parents can pay attention to that for me for example my son he loves video games and everything's going great until I tell him it's time to get off. <laughs> and then, then, you know, he struggles with that. He struggles with that. And that's okay. Because I understand what's going on in his brain. His, you know, his, these video games and these social media profiles and Instagram and all the scrolling, they're designed to keep us interested. They're designed to keep us going. And our human brains... This is the same exact thing with food. This is our current, you know, um, food system is designed. The modern foods that have so much added sugar, so many extra calories. So, you know, it's not whole, real, unprocessed foods, but the extremely highly processed foods, they are designed to hit our human brain in a way that gives us a huge pleasure response. So we are having a big dopamine spike from that. And evolutionarily, as humans, our body has been, oh my gosh, this is good for me. I should keep doing this. Oh, that 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 
was really good. And so it's the same thing in social media or the same thing with the screen. There are, we are getting pleasure from that and it's triggering these pathways in our brain, which are telling us to keep doing it. So once parents understand what's going on with their child, there's nothing wrong with your child. There's nothing wrong with my son that he wants to keep playing. It's normal. He's it's his normal brain. So parents can come at it like that, but also with boundaries of, well, what's our screen time? You know, what's our policy as a family? And this is something where parents can really model the right behavior or the correct or whatever the right word you want to choose is that you as a parent need to model the the behavior and the values that you want your child. If you're scrolling all day on your phone, you know, your child is watching you do that. Um, and so you need to decide as a family, what's our policy going to be? How much screen time? And then I think just like I said, helping your child connect how they actually feel, emotionally feel, physically feel. Because when you're sitting down, you know, using the screen or video games for five hours in a row, you're, if you t take a moment to tune into your body, you might realize, you know, you don't feel physically that great because you haven't moved very much. But this is the full-time job. This is this is the work of us parents. It is. It takes effort to all of these moving pieces. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a huge responsibility, I would say, but uh, in a good uh, good thing for for good thing. Yes. Yeah. It's a necessary thing because if we don't if we don't address it and we don't you know try to um, you know work on it or manage it. It, it is harmful for our kids. It's harmful for them. You know, number one, the content of what they're seeing is a whole nother topic. Um, but just being so sedentary, being being so distracted, being not connected to another real person in real life, that that's harmful. That's That's been, you know, not great for our kids. Yeah. So our kids are going to have to learn how to figure this out because these screens aren't going away. And schools, at least here in the U.S., more and more and more are using technology. So we're, you know, we're we're telling them they have to be on these screens uh, to do their to do their work. Um, so we just have to figure out a way to help our kids thrive, notice when they're not doing well, if they're using too much screen time and, and just help them put all the pieces together. Correct. Correct. That, that, that's true. That's true. So, um, so as a uh, pediatrician and life coach, you have um, extensive uh, experience working with the parents. So from there, like... Uh, have you ever uh, come with some common challenges or the barriers parents face when trying to um, implement this healthy lifestyle changes for their children and uh, how can they overcome them? Yes, there's a lot of common challenges that parents are facing um, and it, it depends on the age too of your child um, and as your child ages and they have more freedom and they're roaming around more and they're you you know you you do lose some degree of control uh, you know if you have a two-year-old a three-year-old you're pretty much you can be really in really good control of what they eat 
you know, all, all of their healthy habits. Um, and, but as they age, you, you lose some of that. They go to school and then they're offered different foods and, uh, different things there. So I think for parents, my first advice or my first thing that I think is helpful is just really understanding the modern food environment that we're in. And I kind of already talked about it when we were talking, you know, about the screens, but the highly processed foods, these ultra processed foods that, you know, I don't know about in India, but here in the US, we are eating, kids Kids are eating the vast, most kids, the vast majority of their calories coming in per day are coming in through ultra processed foods. And there's problems with that because well, a lot of problems with it, but one one way to look at it is our bodies, our human bodies, were not designed to handle these foods. We can't process the amount of sugar, you know, and it's not just glucose, so table sugar and most parents, I think at this point, or most people at this point know, oh, I need to avoid high fructose corn syrup. High fructose corn syrup is not great for me. Um, I think mo- at least, you know, here it's even labeled on, it's like a, uh, it's labeled on packaging as like a, it's a good thing for a product. Like we don't have any high fructose corn syrup. High fructose corn syrup is about 55% fructose and the rest is sucrose, uh, I mean glucose. Um, but regular table sugar has a lot, has 50% fructose in it as well. So these foods with added sugars that we're buying, because they taste amazing, our kids like to eat them, they're super convenient, they're often very affordable, um, and most importantly, like, the kids will just eat them without giving you a hard time, um, or, get, you know, the kids will eat them easily, and so at least as a parent, you feel like, well, at least my kid is eating something, um, but our bodies were not designed to handle these foods. We just, and so what's happening is, well, a lot of things are happening, but if you're, you're storing extra weight, if you can't, if you can't, so you're storing this energy, sometimes you're storing it in a healthy place in your body, but sometimes you're storing it in an unhealthy place. And so our kids are developing sometimes metabolic diseases, um, diseases that used to be reserved for adulthood, like, uh, type 2 diabetes or uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So um, I think it's important for parents to understand the role of food choices and how our brains are working. We want we like to eat those because they taste so good. And like we mentioned, it's triggering that dopamine reward system. So once you know that, and you understand, then you can make a different choice as the parent. If you have a teenager, they can make a different choice if they want to, (laughs) but they may not want to, right? 
And so this is the work. This is the work that parents need to do. How do we? How can, how can they miss those candies? Those uh, different shaped candies. So yeah, I know. So in my opinion, you know, the thing to do is education. We don't want to be super controlling of our kids. I don't like to be super. I don't like to be controlled by anyone. I'm sure you don't either. Nobody does. It's human nature. We don't want that. So, what do we want? We want to help our kids, and the best way to help them is to accept them as they are, but also to guide them. And so we can have conversations with them about, like, for example, what I just explained. We can explain to our child, oh, these foods. Even though they taste great, this is what they're doing to our bodies. And at the same time, we also have to understand that they may continue to make choices we wish they didn't make. That doesn't mean that parents should give up and stop or get mad. All, I say to myself all the time, "Okay, I'm just not giving up." You know,、uh, if I cook something that my son doesn't like or he doesn't want to eat, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, I'm just not giving up," and I try, you know, I try the next, I try something else.、Um, but、um, oh, I lost my train of thought there for a second. But I think, I think parents can really, un- when a parent understands and is fully educated. As to you know, how do people gain weight? How, you know, what is the basic science? It can be very simple to understand the science of weight gain, the science of weight loss, and how our bodies work. We want to be able to teach this to our kids. So as they age, as they become fourteen, then sixteen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, more and more and more, they'll understand it. And so in their early twenties. They'll have a full understanding, and that is going to save them decades and decades of struggle and trying to figure things out on their own. Yeah, yeah, that that's true. Because so parent-child communication actually plays a vital role in supporting a child's mental health. So,、um, could you share some strategies for parents? To create an open and、um, maybe supportive environment where their children feel comfortable discussing their emotions and seeking help whenever needed, because I have I have seen a lot of、uh, children or maybe uh, not uh, uh, the adolescent, but maybe uh, who uh, near to their teenagers or maybe after eighteen also, so they feel like.、Um, Whatever they are doing, that's the great. But somehow、uh, they they do not、uh, feel comfortable、uh, of sharing things about themselves with their parents. So in that case, like any strategies you have that parents can apply so that、uh, their children children or、uh, the child feels comfortable and they share everything with their parents. Yes, for sure. And one strategy is listening for the parents to be just able to be quiet, talking less. 
even though I am talking so much on this podcast, I'm (laughs) being a very good example. (laughs) Um, But, you know, we tend to want, as parents, we tend to want to solve our child's problem, especially if it's, if it's, if you are so tied to your child's emotions that when your child's upset, you're upset, you know, you, there needs to be a little bit of a gap between the parents and the child's emotion. Your child's emotion is their own emotion. I don't have to be upset that my child is upset. So when parents understand that, then they can be, I I think of it sometimes as like a home, you know, a safe, warm, cozy home for your child to come to. And that your child comes to you if they have a problem and you're just, you don't even, you don't even have to ask, you can just be quiet. And if they start to talk, you can just listen. Most kids are not really they might ask you for advice. If they ask you for advice, fine, then give your advice. If they don't ask for their advice, what they're really looking for is for you to listen to them and empathize with them and validate their experience. Wow, that must be really hard for you. You know, how are you handling that? What's And you, then you can ask questions, but not not to like get more details of the situation or to problem solve, but to see how whatever they're talking about is really impacting them. So kids feel so connected to their parents when they feel accepted and that they won't be judged and they won't be punished and they won't, they won't, uh, you know, lose anything. If they feel like, oh, if I tell my parents this, I might, they might be not happy with me and then I'll be, you know, I might go down in their self-esteem, in their in their eyes. They might think less of me. So if we can send that message to our kids, like I think the message as young as possible, I started saying this to my son before he could even talk, but you are already 100% valuable and 100% worthy. There's nothing you need to do in this lifetime that's going to make you more valuable. And there's nothing that you can do that's going to make you less valuable. That cup is full. It, it won't take one more drop and you can't take anything out of it. And so from there, from that place of a child really seeing that their parent understands their 100% valuableness, then that child is free to explore, grow, evolve, you know, try things. Maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't work out, you know. But when when kids feel that they have to achieve things, certain grades, certain appearance, uh, you know, status for whatever reason, if if kids feel that they have to do things for their parents' approval, for their parents' love, uh, that's that's very very challenging for well it's challenging for any of us right um, so that's very challenging for kids so as parents that's something we can do to help them on their it you know their mental health is just love them and support them as they are 
and be a, like a home, a safe, warm home base for them. True. How, how lovely you have explained this, mate. I was just listening to you, and uh, it, it's really it, it actually matters. Like, uh, like children, uh, then only will feel comfortable to share their uh, feelings, their inner details. Once they feel that if I'm sharing this. Uh, my parents gonna listen to me, and they will not judge me, and it will be it will be kind of a friendly friendly uh, relation. So it actually matters. So obviously, so I was just and, <laughs> and if your child chooses not to share something with you, as the parent, you don't have to take that personally. It doesn't mean you're not a good parent it doesn't mean they don't love you it, it it has nothing to do with you right then and there at that moment for whatever reason your child decided to not tell you about something that is totally fine too so it's just um yeah it's it's this supportive there's a there's a really good phrase that we use called supportive parenting which is which is really providing your child with a lot of empathy and um, compassion and confidence and you know meaning like I, I I I believe you can handle this I believe you can handle you don't need me to solve all your problems for you I'm here for you I'm listening I'll help you if you ask for it but I know you can do it too true that's the motivation actually okay um so we often um, talk about self care uh, often for empathized for adults now it's also very equally important for the parents too so how can a parent uh, prioritize their own uh, well-being while also nurturing their child's physical and mental health how they will balance uh, between the two things go perfectly together honestly because the best thing for your child even if it's a teenager the best thing is for your child to see you prioritizing your own care and so you getting the right amount of sleep you regulating your own emotions and managing your own emotions and managing your mind you choosing healthy food um and you know getting some exercise every day so it it's it does it takes two things it takes time it takes effort and it it's a priority that we just have to I think I think the biggest thing more and more and more what I'm seeing and coming to realize is this modern world that we're living in while it's awesome and you know I mean it's but it's unhealthy <laughs> it's unhealthy it can be super unhealthy for us if we just take the easy way every single every single time you know um and only eat the things that are that taste amazing all the time you know what i mean like we yes of course we want to have super healthy food but healthy food can be taste really good too but um yeah i guess i guess i'm just i just want people to understand like the cult, the, the world that we are living in 
is not setting us up for optimal health because our bodies, our ancient human bodies are about several thousand years lagging behind, you know, the, the technology and the food system today and ever even like when you talk about sleep and you know the the light the light from computers the light from the lights we have in our house electricity so amazing but affecting our bodies in ways that are damaging our sleep when we don't get good sleep our stress levels go up our cortisol level goes up our hunger hormones are messed up and and it leads to poor health it leads to inflammation uh, you know it's so <laughs> while it's amazing we just have to understand where where we're at how we're living and if we want to feel good and for our kids what we're really looking for is we want to teach our children to want to live a healthy lifestyle number 1 so that they can enjoy their life and not be burdened by health consequences which will eventually creep up to all of us mostly unless you're super lucky you know if you if we don't pay attention to the things that our body needs correct that that's that's true that's true so like uh, we can always seek uh, help from the professionals so seeking uh, help uh, from the professional or maybe the guidance uh, can be beneficial in supporting a child's uh, well-being so uh, what are the resources and support are av- available uh, for parents who may need assistance um, in kind of navigating their children's physical and mental health journey Yeah there I mean there's just so much available now especially with like what you and I are doing I can't you know it still blows my mind that you're in India and I'm here in the US and we're just chatting like it's we're together you know and and so there's so many resources available to parents um sometimes I think parents think I should be able to figure this out by myself or I don't need help or I don't even know where to get help but So I think most parents if if you have a child most parents have a doctor have a pediatrician or you know a family doctor you can start there um you can you can figure out some strategies for yourself um as well and see how that translates to your child's um health but it would just depend on it would just depend on um what your individual child what you think your individual child is most struggling with i mean there's just so many amazing books and podcasts and it's you know the podcasts are all free i never listened to podcasts until about 5 years ago um and and so there's so much information and there's so much free um stuff out there that i think parents can really benefit from yes yes and uh, like yes there are there are a lot of resources available uh, in the market as we have mentioned and also uh, people can uh, like 
choose the podcast books maybe uh, videos which are free on youtube and yes yeah lot of other 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 ways as well and also um help from someone who is professional like you so they can yeah. definitely reach out to professionals and I'll, i'll i'll request like if you definitely want to connect with uh you so uh like uh, for sure connect connect with her yeah i mean honestly my life changed when i found life coaching. You know, at first to tell you the truth, I'm a allopathic, I'm a western trained doctor. We are very like uh what's the right way to put it? We are not about woo. <laughs> We're very, you know, practical, I guess is one way to put it. And when I first heard the term life coach, I was like, what the heck is that? I didn't know what it was. But what it so I I'll just explain to parents what it is. It's it's a person. Well, it can mean different things to different people, but how how it is for me and the the practice that I have go through with my clients, it's helping clients, the parents understand their thinking and how their current thinking is creating their current experience of the world because you know we have 60,000 thoughts going through our brain a day and sometimes we think our thoughts are facts like you know that that guy is a jerk or that guy is not good you know well it turns out that's your thought that is not a true fact so if that thought is causing you a lot of pain and it, well let's use an example for example with parents and kids oftentimes i parents of kids who are struggling with extra weight they have a lot of fear i'm so worried about my child i'm so worried they're going to have health consequences i'm so worried they're going to be bullied or they won't find a partner or they'll be discriminated against so the lots of fear and worry And instead of trying to problem solve for that by fixing and changing the child r- right away, one way to make a a coach would help a parent feel better by helping that parent understand how the thoughts that they're currently having are creating their fear their poor, their negative experience of the fear and what and from fear what do you how do you act and how do you support your child from fear um and so the the power of coaching is to realize that our thoughts are optional and if you don't like the current thoughts that you're having first you have to become aware of them and second you can work on changing them You know, you could go from I'm so worried about my child to my child is fine right now, everything is okay. That is going to give you a much different experience of your day-to-day life as the parent of that child versus I'm so worried and I'm, you know, stressed out about my child. So that's the power of coaching how I, you know, I came to coaching through weight loss for myself. I lost 45 pounds through coaching um by figuring out like 
why I was eating, my thoughts, my feelings. Um, and honestly, I signed up for coaching for weight loss, but it changed my whole life. Meaning like, because you can apply this to any aspect of your life. I just love it. I think, you know, I think parents, I think it's every parent should, un should uh, understand coaching because honestly, then parents will be able to teach it to their children. And then that is gonna be a life skill that is gonna open up so many doors for your child and just, they can be free. They can be free to be who they want to be when they really understand their thoughts and their feelings. It's so powerful. <laughs> so that's, that's the insight I was talking about, guys. Like, thank you. Thank you for joining on this insightful episode of Healthy Mind and Healthy Life where we actually explored the empowering topic of nurturing the physical and mental well-being in children through the guidance, obviously, of parents. So we, we are always grateful to our guest. Dr. Carol for sharing her expertise and shedding light on the essential role that parents play in setting their kids up for a life of good health. So as parents, uh, caregivers and the individuals invested in the well-being of children, so we now have a deeper understanding of the impact our actions and behaviors have on our children's physical and mental health. By implementing the strategies and tools shared by Dr. Carol, so we can create a positive environment and promote growth, resilience, and happiness in our children's life. So always remember that uh, it's it's not just about the individual actions we take as parents, but also about the fostering open communication. Uh, teaching emotional intelligence like Dr. Carol was speaking about. So setting those healthy boundaries and with the technology and also prioritizing the self-care of ourselves. So together we can empower our children to lead balanced life and equip them with the skills they need to navigate the complexities of the world. So we encourage you to apply these insights from these episodes you have learned in your life and share them with the fellow parents and the caregivers you know. By uh, working together, we can definitely create a collective environment towards the nurturing the physical and mental health of our children. So thank you once again for joining us on Healthy Mind and Healthy Life. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned for future episodes filled with practical tips and expert advice to support your journey towards a healthier and happier life for you and your loved ones. So remember, a healthy mind leads to a healthy life. And thank you, Dr. Carol, for joining on this show and sharing all your insights and your knowledge with us. It really means a lot. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and thanks for having me on your great show.